0: Good morning! How's everybody doing? All right! I love this. Well, I don't love this, but I love this. This is great. A lot of energy. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm our youth and outreach pastor here at Abundant Life Church. Today, I am honored and I am humbled uh, to get to wrap up our Juicy Fruit series. Say, Juicy Fruit! This Juicy Fruit series. And this series we've been talking for these past eight weeks On the fruit of the spirit and how we produce this fruit in our lives now how many you you've been challenged this summer how many of you have been challenged this summer raise your hands okay all right this series has been hard as great as it's been it's been hard it's been difficult because this is challenging us in, in our everyday lives and how to produce uh, this fruit of the spirit. And so I will encourage you. If you're just checking in this morning, welcome. But I will encourage you go back onto myabundantlife.com, go on the mobile app, and and and, and go through the, these services and, and talking about each of these these characters of God that are being produced in our lives. Or if you just need a refresher or a reminder, go back and listen to it. As I'm constantly in need uh, of. Of being reminded of this fruit that exists and that's being produced inside of me uh here here's what i love about this series And, and when you read the scripture in galatians 5 when it says the the fruit of the spirit notice that fruit is singular it's not plural so even though that we're talking about love and joy and peace it's this is all the same fruit of the holy spirit So through this series, we're not just saying, hey, just memorize these fruits, or or, hey, just, all right, you like this fruit over the other. No, it's, these are all these characters that are of God. They are being produced in us. And that if we have Jesus in our lives, we are to be sharing and showing and revealing these characters of him through this fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so today... When we get into this passage, we're about to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I want to encourage you to go along with me this morning as we get into this very last character, this very last fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so as we read this passage, I want you to read it out loud with me. I want you to say the fruit of the Spirit with me. So it says in Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Excellent. Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, against such, there is no law. Today we talk about the fruit of self-control. Say self-control. Self-control. I, I feel like we're about to dive into one of the most difficult uh, fruits uh, to understand and to talk about. But we're going to be talking about self control today. And here is my opportunity for you to act. Now is your time to leave the service if you want to stay the same. I'll give you some time, but I don't have a whole lot. So, okay. So you're in it. We are in this together. Self control. Um, I have a hard time understanding. This character of God, this, this fruit, uh, self-control. Because on one hand, in the very word, you have self. But then also you have in the Bible, it's saying being produced by the Holy Spirit. So who is producing the fruit of self-control in my life? Is it me? Is it, is it, is it my will, what I want? Or is it the Holy Spirit producing it? We think a a lot of times when we talk on the topic of self-control, we're talking about, okay, uh, that's wrong, so I won't do that. Or stop doing this, or stop thinking that. Or if we know that something is bad or something that isn't of God, well then, all right, I just have to uh, nix it out of my life. That's self-control. And when we're talking about today, self-control is more than just you Controlling you. Self-control is more than just me controlling me. Because here's the thing. If we could have done it, we would have already. If if I could have stuck to my workout plan, be like 12 abs of steel instead of a keg. Why'd you laugh so hard? If I stuck to my diet, I would have. Oh, I will, sister. <laughs> I, can I? I'm just going to stop for a second. I like this. <laughs> Y'all talking back to me. Lord is telling me something's going right, I think. <laughs> Listen, if, if we could control our tongue, we would have. For some of us it 's controlling our fingers on the on the keyboard if, if we could control that that jealousy that envy inside of us, we would have if, if if we could stop having sex out of outside of our marriage, we would have already if we could if we could stop being negative, we would have already if we could stop comparing how bad our lives are and how good so-and-so's looks on social media. We would have already. This is where control is coming in, self-control. And, and it's more than just me controlling myself because if I could have done it already, I would have. How many of us in this room, there is an area that we need control over? How many of you need two? How many of you need 200. Okay, well, let's be real and vulnerable with each us this morning. When we talk about self-control, it has to be produced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces self-control. When you look at the original Greek context of this passage, of this scripture, the word used for self-control is this, akratia. Akratia. and a what that means it means countenance or or temperance, so you're looking at something that is talking about being moderate or or not giving in to indulgence or access now when I hear something like that the the explanation of of, of it you, the, the, the self-control. What immediately where my mind goes to is that I don't have the freedom to do what I want when I want it. And if that is our mentality today on self-control, we haven't learned the value of the fruit of self-control in our life. Solomon, the wisest man that we read about in the Bible, he says this in Proverbs 25. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So to understand this passage, back in that time, you were considered safe by the city that you lived in. So if the city walls were fortified, and the higher that the walls were and the thicker that they were, and the stronger that they were the safer you were against attacks and so what solomon is saying on the topic of self-control in this passage anybody that doesn't have self-control or lacks to understand what self-control is it's like a city that is vulnerable at every moment a city that their treasures are literally open to be taken. When we do not have self-control, we can be devastated by people's ideas, by people's hurts, by things that are just happening at any given moment. So we have to have self-control. He says again in Proverbs 16, better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. So literally what Solomon is talking about in in these two pieces of scripture is that we have to master ourselves. We have to master our way of thinking. We have to master our insecurities. We have to master our fears. We have to master our selfishness. We have to master our lives. And we only accomplish that by allowing the Holy Spirit to produce the self-control in us. How many of us in this room, you are a control freak? My hand is right there with you, okay? You need control over things, over people, over life. How's that working for you? (laughs) You know? So I keep telling myself when things aren't going the way I want, God's just like, how's that going for you? Not good. You know, it's like not the way I want. But here's the thing. Listen, we have to understand these words, self and and control, for us to know how to allow the Holy Spirit to produce self-control inside of us. The word control itself means to have power over no wonder we like to have control, because we like the feeling of power to control, to have power over, influence, to direct behavior or the course of events. So the question I want to ask you right now, what is controlling you? What is controlling your life? Let, let's be honest and real this morning. Can we do that, church? What is controlling you? Is it food? Hmm. Come on, somebody. Is it is it time? Is it or lack thereof? Is it, it is it sex? Come on. I'm gonna be real. Is it is it the need to be wanted or to be accepted? What's controlling you? Is prayer? Is prayer controlling you? Is the word of God controlling you? I'm gonna be honest, I know it's not for me in this moment. I wanna say it is because I got pastor before my name. But just because I have a pastor in front of my name doesn't mean I'm, I don't sin, doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, doesn't mean I don't have my own flaws. I'm human just like everybody else because God says we are all sinners. What is it that's controlling you? Is it money, insecurities, past relationships? Is it your work schedule, your kids' schedule? What has control in your life? Growing up, um, I played video games. Let me ask. Just a show of hands. We're about to see how old you are. Who played the original Atari Pong when it first came out? Who played the original Nintendo NES system? Sega Genesis, GameCube, N64, PlayStation. I'm not talking about the slick black one they got these days. I'm talking about the great hunk of chunk Xbox, Wii. How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about right now? God bless you. Here's the thing. You know what's crazy? Um... You, we look back at, at the original Atari Pong and, like, how simple it was. The, the, it was pixelated, analog system. And nowadays we have, like, these PlayStation 5s or 6s or whatever we're on. And it, it literally, you can go about in a 3D world that looks so realistic. Man, sometimes that looks more real than life. Do you know nowadays you can live in virtual reality you just put on these goggles and these gloves, and you're like, oh, wow, so cool. Roller-cruiser. Ah! You know, they do all these things, which I don't understand. Why you just do the real thing? I don't, I don't know. That's, I'm not even going to talk. That's a whole different thing. Here's the thing. You look back at these past 30, 40 years of how these uh, systems have upgraded and become newer, but there's been one thing that has never changed with all of them. They always need a controller. So, no matter how much you grow, no matter how much you upgrade in life, you will always have something controlling you. So, the question that we're going to get to today, what is controlling you? There are two things that is fighting every single day, every single moment for our lives to be in control of our life. It's going to be the flesh... And it's the Spirit. There are only two things. The fight of our life is between our flesh and the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 17, it says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You see, we are being controlled by our flesh, sinful human nature, and what sin wants, or the Spirit, and what God wants for our life. Anytime I read this passage, this I don't know if this is ADD or what. Um, anytime I read this passage, anybody remember that old, like, Wendy's commercial with Dave, Dave Thomas, you know, RIP Dave? You know, God bless you. Um, Dave, he's, like, making a sandwich. And, and he's got Angel Dave. And he's got Devil Dave. And Angel Dave is like... Hey Dave, it's all good. Keep it mild. It's good as it is. You don't have to change anything. And Devil Dave's like, no, throw some pepper jack on that burger. You know, throw some spices. Get some zing. You know, that that's you know, that we see that image a lot in media and life, and we think about that with our conscience. Sometimes there's this tension, there's this fight. And there is this fight for our life. It's the fight for what our flesh desires, and it's the fight for what the spirit desires. We can't fool ourselves to say that there isn't something fighting. Every day, our human, sinful flesh desires, and the Holy Spirit desires, and they are fighting for our life, for our future, for our purpose, for our destiny. Listen, when our flesh is in control, when your flesh is in control, we're making decisions based on what feels natural to your selfish, sinful natures. Listen, a lot of times what this is going to be drawn to is what we feel, our feelings. And listen, I want to say this. Our feelings have been given to us by God. You know, there was a time in my life when I thought feelings were evil, feelings were bad. You know, you shouldn't have any feelings at all. Don't feel. But obviously, you know, as I've grown and, my, and I matured, and, and I started recognizing, it's like we need feelings. God gave us feelings. You know, those feelings help us to see what needs to happen in our lives. But a lot of the times, and we see this not just in church culture, but in our generation as is, that we allow our feelings to dictate and control our life. I just don't feel like it. They just make me feel so bad and so mad. Oh my gosh, he makes me feel. (laughs) Listen, anytime that we're saying feelings, we're talking about the flesh. And the very thing that you and I are born into, our sinful, selfish flesh, is the thing that's telling us what we want, but it's going against our purpose. Every time, every time, I am driving, and I see these great, large, bright signs of sushi, and chicken wings, and donuts, the fields are going. I'll never forget, my, my brother and I, we, we lived a half an hour away from our Krispy Kreme up in Pennsylvania. And it would be past midnight, and we're like, yo, you want some Krispy Kreme? And immediately my stomach began to do this. And I was like, okay. And so the feeling of, ooh, Krispy Kreme donuts late at night. And so we drive the 30 minutes to the Krispy Kreme, and the red light didn't turn on yet. So we just keep driving around and around and around and around until that red light bang, pops up. And we're like, oh, yeah. And we go inside, and we're like, oh, welcome to Krispy Kreme. I want 12 donuts. You're so caught up in the feelings and the moment that it's not really thinking. The feelings have taken control. But we have to ask ourselves: is that what we really want? Because we still have a choice to make. And if I'm only listening to my feelings, I'm going, it's gonna to lead to a path of destruction. Many of us, we, we live with this mentality to do what feels like, feels right. What, what feels right in the moment? And that is the flesh that is controlling us. We do what feels natural, what the flesh tells us to do. And in this passage, it says, the sinful nature wants to do evil. That's the nature Of our flesh and that is what's fighting for control the other nature is the spirit and so when the spirit is in control it's making decisions against yourself your natural flesh desire is to feed what you want in that moment in that time and the spirit is making a decision to go against what you're feeling. How difficult is that? Because we're so drawn and so driven by the feelings of what we think is best, but the Spirit is making a decision to go against what we feel. Because it's going to lead to something more. If I am naturally selfish, Being led by the Spirit is going to make me selfless. My my son David, he's two and a half. And he is obsessed. Obsessed is an understatement. What's more than obsessed? Like consumed? What? Needs? It's like it's worse than needs. Needs? Like it attached, yeah, yeah, it's like worse. Like it's, dinosaurs has become his life. He has dinosaur clothes, a dinosaur outfit, like costume, dinosaur shoes, dinosaur toys, dinosaur books. The kid is obsessed. And, and, and there is this show that he watches on YouTube. We let him watch a little bit of TV. And so, you know, when he's good, uh, so he watches this. But the moment it's time to turn it off, it's like this switch. It's not my precious little angelic ba- baby boy, David. It's this little demon. It's <laughs> on this war path. Ah! Like destroying everything in the house, and we're like, "Oh dear God!" Here's the thing: I'm. I know sometimes, like in those moments, I feel like the horrible parent because, like, I let my kid watch a little bit of TV, you know. And this isn't about parenting, okay? But I want us to understand something. I keep feeding his obsession. Just literally, just yesterday, we bought him dinosaur oatmeal. (laughs) And then I'm trying to help him be in control of his obsession. What are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding yourself? Because whatever it is that you're feeding yourself, maybe it's what you're listening to, or maybe what you're scrolling, or maybe it's what you're watching, or maybe it's the people that you're talking to. You're giving that priority over your life to to that thing or to that person. And that's going to control your life in that day. Every day, our flesh and our spirit are fighting our life to be in control and here's the great thing you get the choice to choose who's in control see self-control is not actually you being in control self-control is the opportunity to choose who you will let control you Every day I have to have this self-control, say, all right, am I going to let my flesh control me or I'm going to let the spirit control me? Self-control, it's the opportunity to choose who you will let control you. Have you ever, listen, I think many of us, we, we've gone down a road to where we wanted uh, to do something, you know, maybe, maybe it was like either quit smoking or quit drink or maybe it was quit, quit cursing or, or do certain things, but we never were able to do it. You know, a lot of times um, when we're in these seasons of fasting, you know, we're, we're told to, you know, to, to fast and we're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to fast this or I'm going to give something up. I'm going to sacrifice something so I can grow closer to God. Lord Jesus, I'm going to give up chocolate because you know how much I love chocolate, but I love you more. And then, like, 27 hours, like, <clears throat> <clears throat> don't look at me. You know, it's like, it's like all these things. It's like something stops. Like, there's that excitement of, hey, I'm going to make a change. But then something changes to where we no longer choose to allow the Spirit in control. Our flesh has been in control now. May, and listen, I know that's a wild analogy. I know that's a funny kind of illustration, but listen, maybe yours, maybe yours is lying. Maybe yours is, is pride and being judgmental. It's all led by the sinful nature trying to work within ourselves. Listen, some of you may be judging me right now. And that's okay. That's all right. But listen, that's the flesh desire, and that's what God is trying to get out of us. So many times we come to church on Sunday morning, and we have this attitude. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get to park up front. Oh, they're playing this song again. Oh, this is not spirit-led. They do not have keto-friendly creamer. Oh. Hold up. Hold up. God's just trying to say, would you just sit and receive? So many times, we, ele- even on Sunday mornings in church, hear myself, I come in with the same attitude. We want the spirit, but the flesh is in control. And we have to make a decision from the moment that we wake up, the moment that the alarm goes off, We have to make the decision to either allow the spirit to be in control or the flesh to be in control. The spirit, when it's in control, it's going to lead us to death. See, when Adam and Eve, when they were on this earth, they messed up. And it jacked all of us up forever. We were then born into sin. So we don't even get this choice. Because the only option back then was to be born into sin and to choose to live in flesh. That's why it says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So that was what our future was. But praise be to God that he gave us a choice. He gave us the gift of Jesus. In Deuteronomy 30.19, today I've given you the choice between life and death. So now we have another choice. We don't have to choose flesh. We can now choose the spirit. And so we have to make a decision. This is where it comes to us as self. We have to choose to either live a sin-empowered life of flesh or a spirit-empowered life of faith. When we choose to live in the sin-empowered life of flesh, this is what it's going to look like. In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, and this is what it says in the message version. It says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless gar- grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition all-consuming yet never satisfied Once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love and be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. When you get saved, when you ask Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, you go from living a life that is only led by the flesh to having a choice of freedom. You want to know what? Spirit-empowered life of faith looks like Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. What's going to empower you to live? Think about this because now it begins to play out everything that you do in your life. From the text that you send or the emojis that you send or the people that you're pursuing. The shows that you watch, the things that you buy, the conversations that you have, everything. These are the two natures that are fighting for you. And the self gets to choose which one is in control. You have to choose. You have the freedom to choose the spirit now. But if we use our freedom to go back to the flesh, we miss out everything, everything that is the kingdom of God we miss out on the abundant life that God has destined us to live. So I have to choose, and I want to choose the spirit, the spirit and life of faith. You know why it says that there's no law against these these things? Because you never need a law for when the right thing has already been done. So many Christians, we flirt, with where the line of sin is. All right, where's the line? How far can I go without sinning? And that's how we live our Christian life. We're choosing. We're saying we want the spirit, but this in the flesh, these feelings, I'm drawn to that as well. So I'm gonna see how far I can go. want to be so far from my flesh that it doesn't matter where sin is or where the line of sin is because I don't need the law because I'm nowhere near the line. So what what kind of Christian are you this morning? Are you the led by the line Christian or are you the led by the spirit Christian? I want to be allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me in a way to where I want to be more Christ-like. I want to be more like Him. And so what that means is I can't choose the flesh. I have to choose the Spirit. Um, My feelings are here. My desires may be here, but I want to be more like Him. And so I have to make a commitment. I have to make a sacrifice. Say I have to die to my flesh. I love what Galatians 5 says. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross. We have to act. So we have to choose what's going to lead you, what's going to control you, what's going to empower you. How do we get to a place to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us? Galatians 5:16. I love what it says. Paul says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit Guide your life. In other passages it says allow the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You want you want to choose the Spirit? You want to have self-control? It's going to take accountability. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take desire. Who do you have in your life to hold you accountable? have people that you can be vulnerable with can we drop the facade and just be real because we can admit i'm not okay can we reach out and not allow pride not allow fear to drive us but say you know what i'm not where i want to be i want you to find somebody that you can ask to hold you accountable and if you get asked to be help, to hold somebody accountable, I want you to ask two questions. Where are you and where do you want to be? Hey, hey, here's where I'm at in my relationship with God and I feel like I've grown a lot, but I don't want to stay here. This is where I want to be. So many times we settle for this. We settle, hey, I'm good with where I'm at. I'm not struggling right now. I don't have any issues I'm really dealing with. Life is good. Why settle here when there's so much more that God has? Why settle for just this when God destined us for so much more? When you get accountability, you gotta commit to, disciples, to discipline. Discipline is the act of being discipled. We have um one of our graduating students, she's literally on her way to uh, a college that I graduated from, and I'm excited for her. And So if you're watching right now, hey. But listen, she is pursuing the school because the school, it, it, it gives her an education. It gives her ministry experience, but get this. It gives her intense discipleship and accountability. And things that she said, it's like, I know I need in my life because I don't like with where I'm at because I want more of what God has for me. So, I got to make a decision to commit to doing something abnormal, doing something that goes against my flesh, so I can pursue being more like how God has it. How many of us, we like discipline? Nobody likes discipline. But discipline is necessary for us to grow. It. Has everything to do with us becoming everything that God created us to be. And listen, information only will not produce the change that we want to see in our lives. So if all we do is just come on Sundays and we worship and put our hands up, you know, and and we hear what what we're getting to in every single week in the the Word and the Bible, and that's all it is, we'll never see change in our life. We'll never see change in our household. We'll never see change in our marriages. We'll never see change on our school campuses. We'll never see change in our own church. We'll never see change in our community and our world. So I'm asking church, will you commit to discipline? Because listen, listen, you can clap, praise to God, but hear this, discipline's gonna lead to desire. If I can commit to reading my Bible every day, right now, if I can commit to praying every day, if I commit to being involved in the church and being involved in a life group and and, and small group and, and, and ministries and commit to serving, commit to giving and to tithing, there's going to be a change in my life. Because I was so disciplined, I now have a desire for what God has for me. And here's the awesome thing. Get this. When we choose to commit ourselves to God and to be disciplined, our desires change. Because when we're so disciplined and committed to God and the Spirit leading us and being controlled, we no longer desire the flesh. We no longer desire the cravings and the passions that our flesh was used to and those feelings, but we are now desiring the Holy Spirit and the life that God has for you. But here's the thing. We have to make a choice. We have to choose. Because self-control is not you controlling you because you can't. Self-control is choosing who you allow to control you your flesh nature, or your spirit nature. With every head bow, every eye closed, Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. And God, I thank you as we've been going through this series, God, this word that you have for us. God, that we choose the spirit, spirit-empowered life of faith over our sin-empowered life of flesh. But God, we can't do that on our own. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your boldness to take steps to seek people for accountability. The perseverance to be disciplined so that we can see a change in our desires that will only be formed by the discipline. I wanna do something before we close out. I know I'm going a little over, but every every head bows, every eye closed. If you have not walked in a relationship with Jesus Christ, so you've only known the choice of living in flesh, but you want to choose the life in the spirit, And that means accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you never accepted him in your heart, can you, nobody look around, can you just lift your hand? Can you just lift your hand right now? Amen, I see your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I wanna do, this next thing, and then we're gonna close out with this. If you wanna choose to live in the Spirit, that means action on our part. And so, before we walk out of here today, I want to give us the opportunity to not walk out of the same. But if you're choosing to live the spirit empowered life of faith, will you just stand to your feet? Amen. Amen. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Do it because you want to make a decision to be and to live the destined, purpose, life that God has for you. And that's through these fruit of the Spirit. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Come on, if you're standing, can you just start giving praise to God? Come on, in your own words, in your own way, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.